Science. Hello, welcome to Probably Science. My name is Andy Wood. I am also Andy Wood. No, fuck. I am Jesse Case. <laughs> and I'm Matt Andy Wood. And Kirshen. And welcome we're gonna to our podcast. We're going to get it. Guys, we're going to get it. Oh, so close, so close. <laughs> Returning guest, return friend of the show we have today, someone who uh, some of our Australian listeners, specifically the Brisbane ones, would have seen in person because she joined us when we were touring there a few years ago, but now right here in the studio, and by in the studio I mean over the internet from New York, I'm guessing? New York's where you, you normally are, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm but in Brooklyn. It's, <laughs> it's the very funny Liz Mealy who has a, you, you've got a brand new doc out that you've made yourself about your last big toric all around europe and it's just dropped so i was like well you gotta come on the show and plug that and also just because you're a good person to be on the show yeah no i i I also pretend i know science and i just thought that's how we became friends is we're both like i know enough i've survived i feel like i could help other people get to the middle somewhere (laughs) um sure i know know enough to be disappointed on a lot of dates yeah that's enough science yeah yeah, you build them up, and then they ask a follow-up question. You're like, whoa, 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 we've reached the end of my knowledge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a one-fact lady. <laughs> yeah. Anything anything below the contacts list on Wikipedia, and I'm out. <laughs> like, if it's opening paragraph, I'm good. But you, the old, but- Also, I think I saw you the first day. So we did the podcast the first day I was in Brisbane, but I'm a different person because the first day in Brisbane, it was, I was a person that hadn't held a koala and then three days later, because I was in Brisbane for a week, I held a koala, and my life has been different ever since. So you're actually getting a different version of wow. Liz Mealy, because this is wow. post-koala. Oh, so this is- you know, there's not a lot of people that get to do that, and I, I worked really hard. right now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how we do the show. So, um, you know. Yeah, did yours arrive? We, we normally ship one over to our guests so that they could. Oh yeah, no, it it's. Um, I thought I, the box was uh, crying, so I was like, "This is weird." <laughs> mm. <laughs> we, we well, Matt and I picked the wrong. Um, wait, state. Hold on a second. Yes, we picked the wrong state to do our koala viewing in because uh, if we'd done it up in Queensland, we could have actually touched them. But yeah, but yeah, that I literally did research because it's illegal to hold them in most of the states in Australia except for wherever Brisbane is. Is that Queensland? Yeah. Yeah, so that was, I I mean, I don't have to tell you guys. You guys don't seem to Google the way I do, so I Googled. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how you got a podcast, but I Googled. I did research. (laughs) I booked time. I talked to all my friends about it, um, and, you know, I got real intel. So is is Queensland, like, the the sort of, like, boring Nevada of Australia? No, Queensland is the Florida of Australia. Okay. You can hold one. We don't care. Well, I was told when I went to Brisbane that it was the Texas of Australia, and then I got there, and I was like, well, that's not nice to Texas. Um, I hated (laughs) Brisbane. I absolutely hated Brisbane. I really hated Brisbane. Brisbane. It might have been my favorite stop on the tour. Really? I love love all of you, Australia, but I just happened to find some fun stuff in Brisbane. I mean, uh, the koala was cool. Um... Your show was cool. Then I just pretty much bombed for a week. So that really is color, coloring how I felt about Brisbane. Um, That's fair then. I, I feel like comics impression of a place is very heavily colored by what the gig is like. Uh-huh. I've so. written off entire nations. I'll write off. <laughs> I'll, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, no, no. So 
I, I will say it's quite personal that uh, the entire uh, uh, region was like, we don't like your personality. And I was like, well, I'm going to touch a koala and leave then. <laughs> like, I was like, see if I come back. <laughs> That'll show them. Well, I'm yeah. going to give the koala my gonorrhea this time. I, I was about or to say chlamydia. the same thing. I, I was literally going to say the same thing. I'm chlamydia. like, we don't know who, who gave who chlamydia, but I have been here. And then I left. <laughs> I, okay, so like I feel like Michael Collins on the trip back from the moon. Like you guys are like talking about this awesome time. I wasn't there. Um, you guys are reminiscing about magical experiences, uh, and, I, and I'm just like, yeah, it was, it was, it was cool up here. Jesse, and the- your job was just as important to keep <laughs> almost. Of we picked the most senior person to stay back. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, I've, you know they felt bad. They had to be like, no, it was okay. Like, don't worry about it. Like. <laughs> Oh, and back then there? I like ruined no. it. I yes. come on and I was like, best podcast I've ever done in the coolest <laughs> right. place. <laughs> I'm like, you get an STD. You get an STD. <laughs> no, so touching I was. Touching this I, animal changed my life. I am no longer the same human. So that's why you can't touch the koalas. Is so I I don't I didn't have the chlamydia info. I've just been touching them willy nilly. Yeah, everywhere. Oh, that's was, the worst way to touch them as well. Yeah, willy willy nilly. Um. So it's really like an adverb, yeah. So you guys were in Brisbane, which is the Texas. It's a part of Australia that was well, formerly Mexico. How about if the yes. state is if the state if Queensland is the Texas of Australia? I think Queensland is the Flor- Florida. Well, I, I think if it were Texas, Brisbane would be the Austin. I think, right? Okay, okay. I don't yeah, know what the analogy I, I, in Florida would be. But you can't touch that. koalas because of uh, you can. That's that's why it's very Florida and Texasy. Uh, got it. Got it. Yeah, but so, also, yeah, so Queensland, example- Queensland is the one place, the one part of the one part of Australia where you can touch the koalas. But elsewhere yeah. you can't because of viral but transfer. We went. I will say also, though, I was still just take, being. I think probably scaring the koalas and it's yeah, not, it's just probably uh, not good for their life to be manhandled every two seconds right. their whole of day. But, I think um, it's more like I, the quality of life for a koala. They're they're still freakishly touchable though, which is like rude of them. If they yeah, yeah. no, oh, I agree. I'll you can't look take, that cute. I'll still take our zoo trip where Emma Malik, who we've we've still not actually managed to get Emma on the show. We've got to sort that out. But oh, uh, nice. uh, Emma gave. Uh, there's a video online of Andy, Andy and me being interviewed by Emma on her web show, uh, while stick and, giant stick insects are crawling over our faces. That was pretty cool. Because um, she is a a zookeeper turned comedian, and so she gave us the backstage tour of Sydney Zoo. That's so cool. And, and we got to hold uh, some sugar gliders, I think. Which I mean, yes, a little less glamorous because people in the U.S. have them as pets. But um, yeah, but it was still. Well, I'll, if it I'll, makes I'll you feel it. better, I've never held a sugar glider, so it does make me feel better. Okay, Thank good. You. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do have two kittens right now, so I'm I'm back uh, I'm back up again, but. I just gave what, one of uh, <laughs> You have two kittens right now. Un- unpack that. Tell, tell us everything. What's going on? I just adopted two kittens two weeks That's ago. Awesome. Their names Incredible. are Lunchbox and Ghost. Okay. And um, I just I had I was gone, so I had to pick them up from where they were being boarded. And Lunchbox um, literally shit his box, so sure. <laughs> I had so we had to do a quick bath time before this. Um, but you know what? It, it was a long journey. And he's the quiet one. Ghost just scream cries the whole drive as if like that's going to convince me to let him out. So he right. quietly shat. And then um, Ghost was like, I'll just scream at you. How, <laughs> how old are they? Um, uh, probably four and five months. They were given to me like they were brothers. But my, right. my parents are veterinarians. And my mom was like, oh, they, wow. are, 
Yeah, my mom was like, they are not. Like, one has adult teeth, the other one doesn't. So they're both tab- <laughs> tabby-like, and they're, they right. love each other. Like, I think they're more like besties, like, just like two best friends. But my mom did say cats, um, mom cats often will take in, like, other cats, like other kittens. Like, they're not, like, I'll, only my babies. Sure. So that could have happened, but... Well, but you yeah, got a spare nipple or two. I mean, you're just yeah, no, it's it, yeah. Be, don't be selfish. Um, right. Give out yeah. to others. So yeah, share your nipple. That's what I say. I, I was so I uh, was never um, a cat guy, and uh, now I have two, which is still Ooh. close to my original goal of of zero. <laughs> like if we're rounding down, you know. <laughs> It's close enough. In the grand to, scheme of things, it's very close. Yeah, to where, in the grand scheme of things, it's very close to where I meant to wind up. Um, Did it change as, you? Do you like? Of them? course, of course, yeah, of course. I mean, it's it, one it of these things where I'm like, I found the first one, and because you know the whole cliche of like they choose you, that sort yeah. of thing. So like, I I I found the first one, and uh, I, I got them a few years apart, but they're both I, introducing them was a nightmare. I had to watch a bunch of YouTube things on how to do that so they yeah. don't murder each oh, other. Oh, yeah. Did you do the Jackson Galaxy 10-step process? I did, and it took about... Uh, Wait, what? <laughs> it's, we, yeah, we you can't just, with, you can't just plop them in it a... Is a... Yeah, it, it never quite took. <laughs> like, it's just... But his yeah. name is Galaxy? His name's Jackson, Jackson ja- Galaxy. Jackson Galaxy. <laughs> he is the cat, the TV cat whisperer. Yeah, but he's, um, he's like a David Bowie-type fucking guy, like, slash like magician. A, yeah, isn't it, like, his nickname is the Cat Daddy? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's been... It's been a running bit in our house that every time we mention him, it's a different version. It'll be okay. like Supernova Dave and uh. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, sure, sure. Big B Stardust. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I found the I found the first one as a kitten. She was maybe I don't know four or five months old. She still had some baby teeth. Um, and I it was literally it was amazing because it was like. Man, I gotta go. It's four in the morning. I gotta go, like, find some cat food somewhere. Maybe Seven Eleven's open. Ugh, I gotta put up signs. You know, it went from this like whole upheaval, and then like eight hours later, I was just like, "Eat little toasty beans. Look at little toasties." <laughs> like it was just pathetic. Watching. Myself. I would kill myself if you died. Like just right, literally. Right, right. You're never allowed to die. Isn't that weird? Like, yeah. I hope um, you live like a turtle. I want to <laughs> die first. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty quick. They take over pretty quick. Yeah, no, they they crawl into your heart and like spread like a virus. It's awful. Um, so, oh, we, yeah. we always ask our our guests um, their background in science, and but uh, you know, and if they have any and all that, uh, or just to remind our listeners for returning guests. But then you say your parents are veterinarians. What was I, I had no idea. What was that like? Um, yeah, so that's my science is based on my parents went to school and then I lived next to an animal hospital most of my life. So that's both amazing. My, yeah, so both my parents are small animal vets. They actually just retired, but like my mom's, they both still volunteer and stuff like that. Um, but basically, uh, my mom, um, I've always kind of lived next to my parents' animal hospital. So we lived in an apartment building when they bought their first animal hospital, which was cat and dogs in New Jersey. And then we moved again and they bought the house next to ours and they turned that into a cat clinic. So then I lived next to my mom's cat clinic and that's where I went every day. So I would like do my homework in the lobby. I constantly had ringworm because I'm dyslexic and I don't know how to read. And it would be like, don't touch. And I'd be like, what's too shy mean? And I would be like, <laughs> wow. and then 
fast forward, there's me with ringworm. So I've I've always been like a legit cat lady because yeah. my mom's a cat lady. Like she's literally been a cat specialist for as long as she's I can like remember. the village cat lady. She's like the one that <laughs> yeah, and like we cat lady. Truly, and then I'm one of five kids, so our house was five kids, dogs, cats, lizards, ferrets, rats, you know, gerbils. Um, Were they all snakes. your parents, or, or was your mom just, <laughs> did she take in an extra kid that was outside, like, eating they, No, no, she, the, the kids are hers. The animals she <laughs> loved more, definitely loved more. Um, so, yeah, we. It, I literally grew up in, like... Uh, legit and we didn't have a lot of money growing up so it was like this tiny house where like I shared a room with my my little brother and my little sister and then you know I would try to keep the cats in my room because did a she get cat. you got did she get you confused with like animal talk would she be like well you guys share a room because you're a bonded pair <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um the biggest thing is that so we ended up adopting some client abandoned their dog named Sam and my brother's name is Sam so we had a German shepherd named Sam that list listened better than my toddler brother, Sam. So it was a lot of like, <laughs> Sam sit and the dog would sit and my brother's just like running around. Um, so that was like a fun, <laughs> confusing part of our lives. And then in general, my mom, there's too many kids and too many people and they had staff and stuff. So the amount of times that my mom would be like, Liz, Teresa, Max, that's a cat. Barb, that's your employee. Like, you know what I mean? Like none of these people, like the, she would get maybe my name right on the fifth try. So that's right. always been like a running joke at this point is that the amount of times that she was like, Sam, dog, Sam, not kid, Sam. I don't know. Some Sam come over here and clean up your mess. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> did, did she ever like, were there ever moments when she's like, I'm in over my head. I want to declare animal bankruptcy. Or is it uh, once you're committed oh my, to that? Is it, oh, no, my mom, my mom was over her head the whole time, <laughs> the whole time. Uh, we call it the mom scream. Um, I've seen I've seen people do a scream and I was like, oh, that's a mom scream. They're like, I don't have kids. And I was like, I know what a mom scream is like. You're ready for kids. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, <laughs> she was. Yeah, she was quite scary. So she was very much in over her head. She did not want five kids. She did not want all of these animals. She didn't even want to own her own business. My dad was just like, I think it would be more financially viable since we have all these kids to have a business. Business. She's like, I don't even want these kids. Like, what are we doing here? Well, why um, didn't why didn't she go get fixed or however vets call it? Yeah, you know, they're like uh, <laughs> exactly. She's like, I could do this taking myself. Taking your mom in to get fixed. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she's got that cone on her head when she comes home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's licking her one wounds. bit of her legs being sh- <laughs> one bit of her legs being shaved. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, they were Catholic. I don't think my mom was as Catholic as oh. my father. But yeah, they were they were they grew up Catholic, okay. and my mom is no longer Catholic. Sure, yeah, A Catholic vet. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So yeah, was there pressure for you to get into the field, or did any of your siblings? So because I was I was like the kind of crazy cat lady as a child. So I always kind of said I wanted to be a veterinarian, and I I, I kind of was that person. But then as I got older, like I'm. I'm dyslexic. School was really hard. All I did was cheat. I'm kind of a dumb dumb. I don't I hate school with my whole heart because of it. It was not a good experience. And I as I got older, I just wasn't sure if I was even smart enough to do it, even though my, my dad is dyslexic and he figured it out in the 70s. So um, I guess for me, I discovered I because I was dyslexic, they put me in all these special classes. And th- what they do for you know when reading and writing is hard is they make you write stories and they make you be creative. And so I started writing these stories when I was younger and then when I was a teenager I was doing it more and then I discovered stand up and it kind of was this perfect match between 
like, oh, I could write, but if I perform it, nobody sees my writing because I still to this day don't know how to spell. And honestly, I started writing stand up when I was 14 and I like broke the news like I was coming out being gay. I like sat my parents down <laughs> and I was like, I'm not I'm not going to take over the business. I'm going to be a comedian. And they took I mean, my parents have been pretty supportive for having because I started when I was 16. So I was wow. about to say you were one, I remembered you were one of those people who started silly young. Yeah, I was still young. I I mean, I'm the same height I was when I was 16 and it it's I just stopped growing in middle school and then I was like, I'm going to New York City the year after 9/11 and they're like, "What?" <laughs> so, at, what does a um what does a 16-year-old's comedy look like? Like uh what sort of material? I should say what sort of material it is wasn't... a 16-year-old doing? Great. Uh, yeah, it's not great. It's it's I've, I I have it on somebody. I had it on a VHS and then somebody put it made it an MP4 and I started watching it. And I was like, I think we're good. Um, I, jokes about being short jokes about, you know, my parents not loving us um, sure, jokes sure. about being forced into therapy because I got forced to go to therapy because I was a sad child. Um, jokes about being one of five kids because I helped raise my little brother's. Um, I was a gymnast, so jokes about being like a gymnast. So I think it was like just, you know, what I knew. But I watched mm -hmm. so much stand-up that like I feel really fortunate because now if somebody starts today, there's so many podcasts that are like giving advice and telling you like every step of the way what you should do. But like, you know, in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was like a couple how-to books and like a couple of like fictional right, you're stories. Like Ju and Judy Gold book or whatever, like. Yeah, or like I mostly read like a lot of memoirs. Like um, I loved Margaret Cho. She started at 15. I loved Dave Chappelle. He started at 14. I liked Chris Rock. He started at 17. And that's kind of what like gave me the like, oh, I could do this younger. And then there was like, I think it was like, was it? Something Miller, uh, Dennis Miller had like a short, he had like a book about four comedians that went on the road or something like that. So like everything just kind of pointed that it's going to take a while. And yeah. it really was one of the first things that, like I always loved art. I always loved being crafty, but it was one of the first things that everybody was like, it takes 10 years to be good. And I was like, all right, I think I have 10 years. Like, sure, I don't know. Sure. I just, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking, but there was just a part of me that was like, I like it. And if it doesn't work out, by the time I learn that, I'm still a child. Right. <laughs> right. Very, yeah. Yeah. That's no. why, that's like why I think it's good to have kids really young as well. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You just want to be a hot dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it's like not teenage, for you, then it's it's okay. There's you know, you got it out of the way. Yeah, teenage pregnancy. You know, you're you. They're they're out. You know, they they left home and you're already you're still in your thirties. It's solid. Yeah. No, that's there are, um, great there are kids being born. <laughs> there are kids being born today whose parents were born after 9-11. So like they're, what? that hurt my brain. Oh, they're yeah. Yeah. Hold on. yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I guess. Yeah. yeah I mean, so there are kids who's who's like, oh, no, my grandparents remember that. Like why? That's. Yeah, all yeah. three of us, all, all maybe all four of us, could be grandparents right now, you know, biologically. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and, no, and, if, we, if if we raise the kid, we're disappointed in. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's just uh, it's wild to me how soon that's going to be like a, a Pearl Harbor thing. Like it'll be a major indicator of old age. Wow. That like if you if you remember that. Yeah, well, but you know, if you just, just if you don't listen and you forget, then nobody can make you feel old. Exactly. Yeah. 
Exactly. But yeah, think about how soon we're going to reach the era where someone will hear your birth year and go, you were born in the 1900s. It's already happening. <laughs> it's already happening. It's insane to be born. Like I'm, I'm kind of pissed to be, I think the sweet spot is to be born like halfway through a century. You know? Yeah, because it's it's going to sound like in the 40s if someone was born in the 1800s or so, like what? Yeah, yeah, it's wild. Like to be born in the 1900s is is wild. Yeah, you're like, did you know Lincoln? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I did. Um, he was my barber. He was really <laughs> yeah, I was born the same century as electricity. How's that? <laughs> 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 that fucking sucks. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we yeah. At the start of the century I was born in, uh, we thought the man could not take flight like bird. Uh, oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> well, that's also like that's also kind of a cool thing about stand up. I mean, about a lot of things we're doing. Like by the time our careers and whatever these entertainment things we're doing end, we will have been in those fields for the bulk of those fields' existences. <laughs> Unless something happens, you know, like stand up right. isn't that yeah. old. If you stick with it for 20 more years, I, I, most I, of stand up's existence will be your career in it, you know. Just through doing the Throckmorton Theatre in Mill Valley a few times, I got to a little bit know uh, Mort Searle. Who's like Cause one of the. Yeah, because he, yeah. he lived up, you know, he lived up the road from there, and Lucy, who owns and runs the Throckmorton, was kind of like, you know, would look after him. And he um, built the pyramids, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. I mean, basically. Right. I, I was just trying to make sure I knew I got the right guy. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like, oh, yeah, you know, I just, I had dinner with one of the people who sort of invented my job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Like, I, it's I, just like, oh, you, you, you and Lenny Bruce were like we? in competing rooms in the same nightclub. Yeah. I opened for Jackie Mason. <laughs> yeah. I really, I really did, which is fucking crazy. Uh, and I was like, it was this weird crossover where I was, you know, I was like a year or two in and they just needed somebody basically to say like, you know, tip, tip the wait staff. Here's the guy. But it's great. Like that dude was there. If you also think about it, podcasts, like there's people that are someday like going to school for podcasts the way somebody might go to school for radio. And like, this is oh. just a thing people start in, you know, on their home computer during a pandemic. Like, yeah, I think it's Even just really interesting that, the that this is like someone's job that they're planning to do the same way that we even we are pioneers liz that's well said yes. that's what i was trying well, to say like, <laughs> even the fact that the word podcast comes from ipod which now doesn't exist <laughs> yeah I, mean, like, I, I know you, you you i'm sure you can still technically buy an ipod somewhere but it, it's all been sort right. of incorporated into the iphone and uh and other smartphones like you don't really have standalone mp3 players so right. even that old. is a technology that has was a was a was a technology that came into existence when I was already an adult, and has now become defunct, and has this medium that we're talking on named after it. But no, right. now, we still say of. movies. <laughs> the moving picket go on down to the move. They move. They Get move. on down there to the movies. To go to the talkies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I say I say I um, say cinema, but I'm just classy. Oh yeah, you got it. You got I'm it. going so, to the yeah. cinema. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by by um, the way, oh go go ahead. No, I was I was going to segue into a story because uh, there was a relevant story that yeah, get uh, in there. That that if you had another point to add, but uh, Heather Robinson uh, listener has sent in a story that was relevant to our earlier discussion. Let's do it. I may circle back to my uh, side thing. We'll see. Go ahead. Because. Uh, uh, co- apparently koalas are dying from chlamydia, but a new vaccine effort is trying to save them. Aww. Aww. 
and they're falling uh, for Austra- it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone's like still doing the horse, the horse dewormer. That's me. Still in. <laughs> yeah. Some guys like I'm gonna go with the horses. These these dumb sheep kubanas. <laughs> <Sheep. laughs> <laughs> Australian scientists have begun vaccinating wild koalas against chlamydia in an ambitious field trial in New South Wales. The aim is to test a method for protecting the beloved marsupials against a widespread disease that causes blindness, infertility, and death, death and also social stigma. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. It is Aww. it is killing koalas because they become so sick they can't climb trees to get food or escape predators, and females can become infertile, says Samuel Phillips, a microbiologist at the University of the Sunshine Coast, who helped develop the vaccine. So the Hero. initials... Right? The Hero. scientist's initial goal is to catch, vaccinate, and monitor around half of the koala population in the Northern Rivers region of New South Wales. Yeah, I feel like Are they going to... Are they going to teach them abstinence? Like, I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't know if that guy yeah. is is a hero. I can't imagine <laughs> if I went up to my friends and I was like, I, I, we got to make a vaccine so koalas can't give us no STDs. Yeah. Like, and you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, if you start vaccinating these koalas and they know that there's a vaccine, then that's just going to encourage them to have unsafe sex. And yes. Like, just gonna... Yeah, no, I think, I mean, yep. whatever the D.A.R.E. program just... is for, for unprotected koala sex, I think we need to just, start educating. Just teach them to... L- yeah, teach them to love the Lord, and uh, and all sorts of unsafe practices will end. Have they have they thought yeah. about an abstinence ring, like a promise ring? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, like silver, gold, get it, whatever you know matches their aesthetic. But I think that might also be an alternative. <laughs> Uh, the scientist's initial goal is to catch, vaccinate, and monitor around half of these. That means vaccinating around fifty. There's only fifty animals in the northern. Or 100 animals, I guess, if half is 50, in the Northern Rivers region of New South Wales. The, I guess I, maybe, the, maybe the Northern Rivers region is Very small. small. I don't mm-hmm. know. I guess I assumed that they were more prominent, but um, it's like more the, widespread. The, I think it's just the name of like a strip mall. <laughs> like, you can go to North Rivers. They got, a, <laughs> they got a subway and some koalas. Yeah. H- yeah. The food H&M's court is, ca- is crawling with koalas. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, this is cool. So, yeah, I'm very so, happy for these guys. Yeah, the safety and effectiveness of the single shot vaccine, which has been designed specifically co- for koalas. Ooh, the Johnson and has- Johnson. Yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It's not as effective. You don't have to like. You don't have to find them and you know get them back and get the. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. It's of just course. Easier to. With populations like koalas, where you know they're a little more itinerant and it's a bit harder to get them. Yeah, and the uh, efficacy the- goes down every time they do a news report. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 uh, it's previously been tested by vaccinating a few hundred koalas brought to wildlife rescue centers for other afflictions. Then that this article, which we'll put in the show notes, has three very <laughs> cute pictures of koalas. Bankruptcy. Ooh. Uh, heroin addiction. <laughs> gambling addiction. Yep, gambling addicts. Yeah. The uh, now scientists want to understand the impact of vaccinating a population of wild koalas. Phillips said, "We want to evaluate what percentage of the koalas we need to vaccinate to meaningfully reduce infection and disease." The first ones were caught and vaccinated in March, and the effort is expected to last about three months. 
Researchers use binoculars to spot koalas in eucalyptus trees, then construct circular enclosures around the tree bases with doors leading into cages. After a few use, hours... Or- they use binoculars. They say that like this crazy new tech. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> researchers, researchers look at trees and determine... <laughs> After a few hours or days, the koalas will eventually climb down from one tree to see tasty leaves on another and wander into the harmless traps. Uh, Jody Wakeman, a veterinary care and clinical director at Friends of the Koala, a non-profit that runs vac- a wildlife hospital while ko- koalas have been brought in for vaccinations, says, quote, It's hard to confuse a koala with other animals. They're pretty easy to spot. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Jody. Yes. Thanks, Thanks for Thanks, Wankman. Especially with those binoculars. Wait. Yeah. That, that, doesn't that imply that the person writing this story was asking questions like, but when you catch a koala, how could you be sure it's a koala? Yeah. What, what, what is a koala? Like, yeah. explain it to me like I'm five. Like, what's a ko- And you're you like, think these, You think these vaccines work? How do you know you even vaccinated the right species? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so they do don't want know? you to know. Soros. So, yeah. So is a koala a boy or a girl? <laughs> they are. They're, koala- they're so fucking cute. They're man. so cute. Yeah. They, also, it's this is real. Raise your hand if so- you've held one. Oh. 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 Now we're all Michael Collinses. After craters aren't that cool. They're not that cool. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not that cool. <laughs> After a checkup to make sure the animals are in good condition, researchers administer anesthesia and shots of vaccine, then keep them under observation for 24 hours after they wake up to confirm there are no unexpected side effects, says Wakeman. The goal is to vaccinate healthy koalas to prevent them from being infected with chlamydia. Before release, the researchers mark the koalas with a dab of pink dye on their backs to ensure the same animals aren't caught twice, but to ensure they are caught by predators. Pink, so they dye their hair like they're like they're mad at their mom? Yeah. Yeah, there's a little picture of them looking like little punks or little, little more hot topic. They're like hot, yeah. more of a hot topic than a punk thing. Yeah, okay, so they go through a phase they didn't even know they wanted to go through after yeah. getting their vaccine. Okay. Just gonna clean this tree, mom. Shut up. <laughs> it's also like, you know, when you get like a baby vaccinated and like everybody else gets like a lollipop and like these other ones are like, could I get a tattoo? And they're like, sure. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's a temporary tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Um, when the first vaccinated koala was returned to her habitat on March 9th, the scientists placed the cage at the base of a tree and opened the door. She quickly emerged and bounded up the tree trunk. Koalas they, they are saw iconic. that with their binoculars. They, they, <laughs> they took their binoculars and they observed. Yeah. Which was identified as a tree. <laughs> the... <laughs> trees are easy to spot because they look like trees. <laughs> Right. I, I I don't know, guys. I think this writer's strike is really starting to fuck things up. <laughs> um, koalas are iconic Australian marsupials like wombats and kangaroos. They spend most of their time eating and sleeping in eucalyptus trees, and their paws have two opposing thumbs to help them grasp and climb up trunks and also open jars. Wait, what makes um, you call the second one a thumb? Like, if we just had two opposing digits, would we call them both thumbs? Isn't wait, that, is it, isn't is it, that oh, like sorry, a wait, I'm sorry. Oh, a total of two. I thought I thought they meant two per paw, and I was trying to picture what why they. Okay, forget it. Oh yeah, forget sure, okay. sure. Or wait, do they mean? Hold on, no. Two, hold on a second. But they have four paws. So, oh, <laughs> what's up with a koala's toes or thumbs? No, hold on. I'm hold doing on, koala, koala thumbs. Think- total. <laughs> <laughs> 
And guys are like, pause, pause. We need to do more research. Oh, no. Okay. So pause for pause. Pause for pause. They do have. Oh, interesting. Interesting. The front paw has a total of five digits. Two are opposite the other three. I did not know this. Oh, so like, so like a little grabber machine. Double thumbs. You thought we were getting a lot done with one thumb. They got double thumbs. Yeah. Who's got double thumbs? This guy, this guy. This guy, this guy, this guy. <laughs> but this is like Mother Nature is a bad AI artist here. It looks, this, these all look like AI mistakes when you just Google image koala thumbs. <laughs> Amazing. Australia's wild koala populations have declined steeply in the past two decades. Last, fri- last February, Australia's federal government declared koalas endangered in the eastern regions of New South Wales, Queensland, and the Australian Capital Territory. Facing compound threats from disease, habitat loss, and road collisions, koalas could become extinct by 2050, according to a 2020 assessment from the New South Wales government. Around half of the wild ones in Queensland are already infected with chlamydia. In deciding to vaccinate, the scientists are balancing the risk of disturbing the animals against the danger of allowing the disease to spread. The trial was approved by multiple government bodies, including Australia's Agriculture Department and New South Wales's Planning and Environmental Department. The origins of chlamydia and... I was going to say, what a different pandemic we would have had if it was everybody got chlamydia. (laughs) (laughs) Or everybody got koalas. (laughs) Yeah, if it was, I've I've often thought, like, if it was just some brutal STD. Yeah. Like some new STD instead of a respiratory illness, like, it'd be kind of like, it'd be weird, right? Because I'd be at basically zero risk. Right, but that's also emb- that's also embarrassing. So, so I feel like people would still like stay like isolate to because they don't want people to know they're not getting laid. You know? Yeah, yeah. They're like, just like all all the hot people are just like, yeah, I feel real sick right now. So yeah, ooh, this is rough. But like, yeah, it's like, or if it had just been less deadly but more physical symptoms like boils and stuff, there would have been no vaccine hesitancy. Everybody oh, of course. Been, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Um. The origin of chlamydia and koalas are, uh, the origins are not confirmed, but scientists believe it's likely that the marsupials initially caught the diseases from the disease from exposure to the feces of infected sheep and cattle. Oh. I didn't know you could get it from that as well. And then it spread sexually or passed from mother to offspring. Uh, I thought it was from pouching. You seen that move the marsupials are doing these days? Blowing up on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You committed so hard, and then everybody's like, "Whoa!" They're, they're all pouching now. Yeah, yeah it's it's it, man, it's gross. So, you've been pouched. Li- <laughs> so, both humans and livestock infected with chlamydia bacteria can be treated with antibiotics. It's not so simple for koalas, apparently. And then below that is a picture of two people taking a selfie in front of a koala. Mm-hmm. Um, the complex microbes live inside the stomach. Uh, inside the stomachs of koalas are designed to neutralize toxins in you oh um so koalas have these uh microbes inside their stomachs designed to neutralize toxins in eucalyptus leaves that's their main news source so according to matthew crowther a conservation biologist at the university of sydney but their can digestive systems him? can also yeah i th- yeah so reliable <laughs> But their digestive systems can also neutralize some medicines Mm. so they don't respond well to antibiotics treatments. Crowther has been monitoring a population of koalas in northern New South Wales for more than a decade. In 2008, 10% of them were infected with chlamydia. Today, that rate is 80%. Holy shit. 
Mm. Yeah, and he said it's devastating. There's very, very low fertility. You hardly see any babies. Oh. Isn't, isn't you also all those wildfires um, during the pandemic? Like I think in 2020, I think it was like that knocked out a shit ton. Like that was like a big yeah yeah. yeah was, so it was like was, yeah they yeah they said really habitat bad. loss in this article. So I'm sure that's some of it. Um, and there there is a description of what happens to. A, koalas with advanced chlamydia but it's pretty sad and pretty unpleasant i don't know if you oh, yeah. skip ahead 10 to 15 seconds if you don't want to listen to it but a necros uh, a necroscopy of one koala with advanced chlamydia that was euthanized revealed ovaries completely encased in cysts and mm. intestines full of hard lumps of food evidence that she couldn't properly digest it she was obviously infertile and in pain uh, so that ain't good no That's sad why why is this podcast sad <laughs> Why do you guys make sad but, podcasts? But then but we're gonna here's, fix it. Here's the happy part: is there's now potentially a vaccine that's gonna that that's gonna help things. Um, there are only a handful of other examples worldwide, apparently, of scientists attempting to catch and inoculate endangered wildlife for conservation. In 20, 2016, scientists began to vaccinate Hawaiian monk seals against a deadly strain of morbillivirus. Morbillivirus? Okay. And two and a half years ago, biologists in Brazil began to vaccinate golden lion tamarins against yellow fever. Mm. And it worked? And it, well, Is it working? It yes. This feels open-ended. Like, anybody can give a shot, but did they did they start going back to live shows and work? Like... Right. Yeah. Right. No, they're, they're still doing, uh, they're still doing so, tamarind stuff via Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> still working mobily. It is giving a hope for survival, apparently. Um, hmm. Yeah, they've they've got to weigh up, balance out the risk of disturbing them from their habitat versus the possible gains. And they think right now for the koalas, it is worth it is worth the risk. Right. Vaccination apparently is an incredibly resource-intensive thing to do. Koalas live high up in trees, says the Smithsonian's <laughs> Johnson. We, we noticed we were out there with our binoculars. <laughs> The way this is written is like a book report by a third grader, which I did do a third grade report on koalas. Thank you for asking. Um, and I wrote the same sentence structure. I was like, they right. are high up in trees. To see them, you might need like a binocular or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that, what was that when they said three sentences is a paragraph and you were just trying to fill space? Yeah. You're like, some, some people like think that. they are cute, but don't touch them because they have diseases. <laughs> if you're far away, binoculars could help. <laughs> Maybe could assist you with visually seeing them. Thank you so much. There is a bibliography attached. I did not use the internet because that at the time was not as socially acceptable or existed. <laughs> I would recommend koalas to boys and girls aged between 5 and 15. <laughs> Nailed it, guys. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. The a that was the AP News report, by the way. The Associated Presses. Good work, guys. Koala. Good work, guys. So good. Yeah, I'm happy to hear um, these guys are doing better. Or going to, do we, presumably. Do we want to do a, a more a more serious story that... Uh, a more hard science story that is this was the one about how the baby penguins are randomly exploding no it's the one sent in by patrick duran uh from new scientist reputable source yep entitled study finds it is quote barely possible to identify a beautiful scrotum <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i was hoping I you were going I there i've already got it open in another tab yeah 
I don't know why yeah, I was, Patrick I was... thought this was a story that we would cover on our very serious, sensible science show, but sure. For some reason, I'm just honored this... that I could be the woman's voice in what is going to be yeah. a full mm-hmm. scrotum episode. And I'm I'll glad be like, I... in in my scrotum experiences, I've seen. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm glad now I have scientific backup. Like it's supposed to look weird. You can't even tell if it's. <laughs> Before we hang out, please read this article so that you are educated. They've done studies. <laughs> I'm not weird. You're weird. <laughs> my, my first thought on getting this article in the inbox was an Onion article, which I Googled. Uh, turns out it's 20 years old, but I this is just one of those Onion articles that sticks in your brain. Um, just really well written. I just put a link to it in the show notes. <laughs> the title, it's, it's one of those um, op-ed onion articles <laughs> called you're going to love my balls <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just the uh, unnecessary length of the article that I love so much but uh, <laughs> anyhow uh, yes yeah, so, <laughs> so it's very very funny the photo is very funny yeah it's very funny um <laughs> But okay, yeah, so, so so it's it's impossible to determine a beautiful ball sack. Is that what? No, the, barely so possible. Barely possible. Some, with okay. enough work, with enough right. grit, Andy, right. one could say those are some good some good looking hangers. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna this this article does link to the original scientific paper as well. That I I feel like the the write up in New Scientist is a little bit a little bit side eyed. Sure, which also is something that. Uh, the best way to observe some, a scrotum, but um, it says surprises bound in the in quote the scrotum, a comparison of men and men's and women's aesthetic assessments, uh, which is a study done by plastic surgeon Carolyn Amer in Hamburg and two colleagues at the medical school of Hamburg. It begins by citing a 27-year-old psychology paper called "Gender and Attractiveness Biases in Hiring Decisions: Are More Experienced Managers Less Biased." It avers that studies have yet to investigate aesthetic preferences as regard to the scrotum. I really don't know what the link is between the, the hiring. Yeah, I mean, uh, I is that is that one of the new hiring questions, which is, can I see your balls? <laughs> like, I yeah, don't understand. I, I, I thought they're not allowed to ask that these days. Yeah, no, I, truly. <laughs> um, it, it states several hypotheses and remarks about them. Quote, our sixth hypothesis suggests that men would rate their scrotum significantly more positively than women. They're vulva. <laughs> However, oh, that, okay. That, I'm sorry. I thought it was just yeah, that no. women would rate their women. Yeah. Yeah. However, we were unable to identify any significant difference in ratings by gender. It presents four tables, the last of which bears this label. Uh, bears the label descriptive statistics for evaluation of each scrotum and each variation by gender in order of perceived attractiveness of the scrotums. It includes exactly 36 close-up black and white photos of scrotums. It what? includes the plaintive 18 work inclusion. Scrota? Ultimately, it was barely possible to identify a beautiful scrotum, and we must instead speak of the least ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, who even? Pro- I want to know how you propose this study. Like, I mean, that's it's... money laundering, right? Yeah, it has to <laughs> like, be. Just to get money for this to get this funded is just because of a drug deal. Well, no, it is actually from a uh, cosmetic surgery. Let's see if you look in the if you click on that link to the full. But, but is scrotal surgery a thing? Are people going in for like bull lifts? That's what that's what they were saying in in this. If you look in the introduction, um, 
it talks about how there are other interventions for other body parts. And then, let's see, there's an increased interest in scrotum tightening. Where does the desire to change this relatively unnoticed part of the body come from? What defines an attractive scrotum? That's the idea, uh, I guess. So maybe you got like I mean, low I hangers do, you want to tighten there up are, or There actually are more women getting what, like vulva... Uh, something right. you know what I mean I don't know what it's called yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. sounds like a horrendous idea the bachelorplasty no, thing yeah but like I think because of porn it's become this you know what I mean so people are like is it supposed to look like that or what like and there's only so much you can do yeah you know what I mean so women are trying to be more smaller and men are trying to look less hangy I'm assuming but, but these, are, these the, are medical terms by the sure. way yeah, the, the uh, mistake my parents people are, are doctors making. The mistake people are making is that I think similar to porn is that that style will change and then they're stuck having a surgery. So like, you know, in also, 30, in 30 years, people are going to want huge, right, huge right. labia. It's gonna be, never, yeah. like, like all those pe- yeah. people who plucked their eyebrows too much in the nineties and now yeah. they're stuck. The eyebrows the war, are No, the war on eyebrows of 97 to 2005 was fucking brutal. <laughs> wow, and you great, still, you great. still see. What a timestamp. I'm very impressed with that. You still see casualties uh, everywhere you go. Oh, no, I'm I'm not even joking. I went to a Starbucks yesterday and the woman literally had like the thinnest eyebrows. And I was like, no, she no, she's, no. A, she's a veteran of the war on eyebrows. Yeah, and no, yeah. I respect it. But but I mean, it's but I, but I also do know from stand up comedy that once you hit your 50s, your balls will get lower and lower. And I just no, that's it. actually where everybody finds that out is just yeah. one man on the road <laughs> telling everybody about their balls against your will. You're like, I paid for this. OK, right. Yeah. <laughs> Right. My balls aren't against my will, and that's the problem. <laughs> Way down. Uh, yeah. 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 How do I get them to hang alluringly above my yeah. will? No, but I just mean like long balls are going to be in vogue at some point. Sure. Right? <laughs> no, not, no, there's nothing you can do to balls to make them better. They suck I, all the no, time. I know, I know. They're just. Which is what this scientific study has proven. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Like you're going to spend money on something that even at its best is still the worst. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But, but and you, you might lose like some feeling. Yeah, that's true. But you, all you need is for some rapper to bring out a hit song about having massive long balls. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly... I got long balls the... again. I, <laughs> I, I, love, I love hearing a sentence that's never been said. Uh, <laughs> all you need is some rapper to bring out a hit about having massive long balls. <laughs> I love and then suddenly all the kids are going to want their balls to be as like lengthened. And yeah, no, the, then there's like a whole... Their balls yeah, no, kids will be, uh, you know... Rock stars will be stuffing sort of like cucumbers in their pants, but it'll just be the balls. For, I mean, look how long his balls are. Oh, man. Or there's going to be all these kids that have like ball injuries because they're like hanging weights to them, trying to get them to elongate. Yep. <laughs> it'll be the new tie pod. It'll be yep. those, those, the, you know, those like pink weights that like women do that are really light, but then men are using them like to like hang on their balls. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's gonna, it's gonna yeah, I mean, I, I don't... Uh, I I wonder if there's a reason... Uh, because, I mean, I agree. We all we all agree that balls are... Balls are horrible, horrible things to behold. But I, I wonder if there's an evolutionary reason they're horrible to behold. Well, also, also be, be, behold is, is... Is that the right... Yeah, you, you right behold them and then you b- turn your head and b- cough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, okay, if you were going to design 
yes, these things exist for an evolutionary reason, right? It's because sperm can't live at 98.6 degrees. So Correct, if you're going to I mean, design something. we all find it revolting, though? Because it has, to be, like- it has to be movable to get the temperature regulation. So it has to have some kind of mechanism by which it can but, be. But it could be, it could be but, in a more. No, I know how they work. But I'm saying that, that, requir- <laughs> but that requires wrinkly. That requires wrinkly to be able to like uh, suck up and loosen. So wrinkly is going to be weird looking, right? Like how else no. would you make okay, Liz two- is about to jump out of the closet okay, with her love sorry. of balls. Sorry. No, no. Two things. Okay. Do you know those like squishy toys where yes. there's something in the middle of them and they can move around and there's like glitter and stuff like that? Yeah. Like. Yeah. They are cute. So, like, let's talk about how they could be one less wrinkly, okay. and there could be glitter. So that's my first. That's my first update. Make a lot of silicone. And second, so like a translucent. Yeah, so translucent, but like where there's like, like it would, it'd be kind of like um like an aquarium, but like yeah. a fun thing. So like it's, I don't know, the red blood cells swimmers, are like yeah. glitter, and the white blood cells. I don't know. I'm, I'm spitballing here. And sure. then what about like a fanny pack situation where it's less that it's two balls, but it's more kind of like a long situation with the zipper okay. that like you, like you can take them in and out. Okay. Yep. These are my suggestions. Let's give people the option I, Thank you for having me back balls. on the show. Yes. No. no, I mean, there have been several times I wish I'd left mine at home. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. <laughs> Be like, oh, I'm cleaning my balls. <laughs> they dipped in the water. You know how they get long. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. By the way, did you guys read ahead to the conclusions and further research section of the actual uh, results of this study? No. Because they didn't really do a great job. It says, we further mm. note that the men whose scrotums were photographed were all between 23 and 30 years of age. In view of what? the fact that, in view of the fact that, in the majority of cases, it is older adults who seek scrotum tightening, future work may elect to include models from a larger age range or focus on scrotums belonging to older men. Well, sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. This is not a twenty-ball problem. This is. I, I saw my yeah, grandpa's I th- balls I think... one time. It was insane. <laughs> it, was, it was insane. We were at, this, uh, we were at a museum, and I, I was like. <laughs> Are we supposed to be sharing childhood trauma? (laughs) No, no, I was in the bathroom. But he, my my grandpa, like, for some reason, like, peed like a little boy. Like, he just pulled his, like, fucking pants down, you know, to a certain level. But, I mean, I was, like, five or six, so I was, like, trying to tippy-toe to make it into this urinal. And I look over, and I'm just eye-level with this guy's balls. (laughs) Um, I still remember that. Now we all do. Now we're all. Now I don't want to be alone with these memories. Yeah. No. Sorry. I didn't mean to lay that on you guys. I just. uh, It is. Those were the longest balls ever. But it was. But it's also like one of those things. How you're a little kid, so everything looks crazy. And I know. know I think that one's probably accurate because I've seen some seen some long balls, guys. Um, okay. And what? Good, terrifying. bad? What do we feel? What's the, uh, yeah. What's it's the, it's, it's like almost system. impossible to think of them as beautiful. <laughs> well, let's just put it this way. Nothing down there is. Who cares? Like, right, it's just right. so, like, who cares? I don't yeah, care. The, the the attempted beautification of genitals, in like, universally is so weird uh, to me. Like, I get it. Like, okay, this is be more, let's try to make this more aesthetically pleasing or whatever. But this is, like, it's like a weird, it's an organ we have that's... I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's Am I, evolved is to be what it is. Yes. Is everyone turning on me here? No, I'm totally. No, no, I completely I'm agree. It's just an it's an animal part you have. Like, yeah, I, I don't, it's I silly don't know. to chase some kind of uh, yeah beauty standard of it. It's like it is what it is. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. 
I agree. Yeah, the, the least least ugly. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, we're I wonder... still gonna fuck each other. That's my point. Exactly. We're still gonna fuck each other. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Yeah. I wonder if the, yeah if they'd done a a study where they could have also involved people in some state of arousal if that changes it. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe the scrotum is just inherently. Uh, but but guess what? Yeah, its main function is to keep sperm at uh, slightly less than body temperature not to be right so you don't want these burnt sperm yeah that's that's how it goes toasty yeah, can't have no burnt sperms you do that after <laughs> yeah. it comes out throw it in a pan <laughs> okay um, oh, yeah thank you for that, that was said by multiple view uh, listeners i believe oh it, right? it was it uh, i well i mean if it wasn't what do you guys asleep at the wheel here what's uh how is that only one <laughs> Yeah, it's a good point. I know, I know Patrick Durant did. If someone else sent it in as well and we missed giving you the credit for that, then I apologize. <laughs> but um, yeah, y- y- you you were correct. You you were correct that it was a, it was a fun story to cover. Yes. Uh, Liz, <laughs> do you still watch gymnastics? Um, yeah, like the Olympics, I'll watch it. And then like people, like friends that knew that I was a gymnast will send me like clips and stuff. I love like that old school, like, somebody from the seventies that did something crazy that you can't do anymore on the, you know, the balance beam or some shit, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah I don't like, I, a, like a set of slur. What? <laughs> Nick said something racist. Like on the yeah. balance beam. <laughs> back, back when gymnastics, back, back when you could use slurs and smoke. Yeah, It was, it was a beam. different time when all <laughs> the moves time in gymnastics. were named. <laughs> no, it's I all woke. We're, we're named What's after re- words we now can't use for different cultures. <laughs> Well, I would just say as like as people that are creative the people, flip. there were yeah, okay. There was just more creativity, and people could take risks. And like you know how like Simone Biles will have like a move named after her and stuff. That stuff happened kind of more all the time, and people would take crazy risks. But then people would go do it the same way that like we go, hey, we're gonna take this video game off because people are like this thing is influencing kids to do the bad stuff. Like gymnasts would do like, like and like figure skaters like there are all these kind of people that do these crazy stunts and then they would get um, uh, removed like you couldn't do them anymore because they were like only that one person could do it and, and right. everybody else was getting hurt. So like stuff like that where I'm like that's pretty badass like I did a yeah. flip nobody else can do and then it got banned. Like what do you know for they banned my flip? I didn't know anything was banned too dangerous. In like yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's literally I I stuff knew- that like are like well, other people would get hurt, but you're just too flippy to to be held I, back. I did know that some things are banned in gymnastics. Like I remember reading that, like huh. ice skating, where yeah, too many people sort of landed neck first. Well, how, how would we ever like move the sport forward if there's a limit placed on it? Is it like once people have shown that they're getting close, they'll be like, okay, now we can all do it, or what? How would that ever change? Um. I don't know. I think in general, it's 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 to prevent like, okay, this is going to be a dumb comparison, but like there's seemingly off topic subjects in comedy. Right. But then there's people that are able to do them and they're like some of our favorite jokes, but they're not open micers. They've been doing it. You know what I mean? You don't want to get you don't want to give a you don't want to get a toddler a knife. You would want somebody that's been doing it a, a while to start doing sword fighting or whatever. Right. So I think the same thing is kind of said. So they have to have some kind of prevention on it so that it is only Simone Biles doing it as opposed to a girl that's, you know, been doing gymnastics for 
five years and it was like, well, my favorite gymnast did this. I want to do it. And they're like, that's illegal. You can't do that. Right. You don't want the open micer doing the school shooter jokes. Exactly. <laughs> or yeah. But wait, it. wait, wait, the, uh, I'm sorry. So there are some people who once they've shown they can do it and the judges would be like, then you can continue to do it. And you, therefore we're going to, no, gonna they win. won't be able to continue to do it either. Like, oh, okay. Like okay. literally they'll have a move named after them and then it'll get banned. Okay. Wow. And it might also get banned, like like um, um, uh, Matt was saying, that it um, some too many people start to get hurt. Yeah. Well, is there any mechanism to to reintroduce the move once it looks like we're getting close to people being able to do it in a larger scale? Okay, there is a whole Wikipedia page that I'm linking to here. Uh, I, I think it's probably just when, when gymnastics gets less racist. That's me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, to me, like I, I think I did gymnastics for 11 years and I wasn't great. I was pretty good at floor. I was pretty good at bars, but everything else, I started to have panic. I didn't learn until my twenties that what was happening is I was having panic attacks. Mm -hmm. So I quit because I was having panic attacks, but I couldn't have said that to you until 10 years later. Um, but in general, I still to this day think it informed a lot of who I am and the risk taking that I do and the ability to watch myself improve um, every time I make an attempt to do something, which I think is really important, A, in life, but like what we do with, with stand-up where you do it for the first time and you're like, ooh, I fell. <laughs> I just fell in front of everybody. And then you do it again and you're like, okay, I still have a bruise, but that was slightly better. And then eventually you're like, am I the best i think i'm the best <laughs> like so i think in general and then the next night you're like am i the worst i think oh I'm no the worst. Um, oh, not even the next <laughs> night the next show i'm like oh that that wow that ego lasted 10 minutes and now we're back <laughs> well we're now we're back to the beginning but i i do specifically gymnastics that sport i mean i still like watching it i still i like the creativity that is happening more and more from more modern gymnasts with the music that they're able to pick and kind of having more of a personality than I think we were able to have even when I was younger. But then I also just think as somebody that, you know, you put kids in sports so they learn about, you know, sportsmanship and community and helping others and, and setting goals and striving and whatever, whatever. But there's so much about gymnastics specifically. That is probably also toxic. I had Russian and Polish coaches hitting me all the time. I mean, that's mm. one of the reasons I also quit. I was like, I get hit at home. Like, I don't need to do this extracurricularly. Um, and probably also bitten at home constantly and peed on at home. Oh, yeah. Like, just, just, yeah, just ringworm. I was just like ringworm and Russian people hurting me. So um, no. it, was, it was a fun childhood. But all that said, Wait, what, I... What do you mean they were hitting? Why were they hitting you? What's going on? They would Back smack up. us. Like, okay, so what? you have to... Every, so think about... Do, do any of you like weightlift or anything? Sure. <laughs> I think oh, oh, we all pretty uh, pretty <laughs> obvious that. We, um... So I do I do CrossFit now, and so when it comes to weightlifting, which I don't even truly love, there's things aspects of it. But like, if you're going to do a deadlift, you're 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 making sure that like certain parts of you are tight, certain parts of you are like you know what I mean. You're lifting with the right part of your butt. Like everything needs to kind of be focused in that same sense. So with gymnastics, the same kind of thing. If you're doing a back handspring on what is essentially four inches of a beam, you would have somebody like literally. I would get my ass smacked. I'd be like tighten your ass, or there would be like your. They would always say pretty hands because it's also like a like a dance or a performance. So I'd have my right. hands slapped. Um, <laughs> there'll be times where like you straddle the beam, which is probably 
I can't even begin to tell you how bad these bruises are. So you would do a back handspring, you would slip, you would straddle it, and your entire inner thighs are black and blue for like two weeks. And they and you would be crying and they'd be like, get up, do it again. And you're like, I'm injured. And they're like, in Russia. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. So it was just like, my parents weren't the most warm people. And then I went into an even colder environment to do something I thought I liked. I did in the beginning, like gymnastics. And right. I left. It took me a long time to realize. Like, as an adult, I do really miss it. I think. Can you still do a solid backflip? Um, I could do like a back tuck into like a foam pit, but like my landing, I would be a little worried about. But like I, I'm still, I can still walk on my hands. I can still probably do a back bend. I could probably do a round off. But like I would be, I probably if I was going to do anything like a back handspring or a back tuck, it would be on like a trampoline. Wow. Right. I think there is a point. And it's a point that I, I mean, I, it sounds like I never went in that deep with any sport, but I played hockey. There, there's a point when it's like, you love it. This is fun. This is so awesome. And then there is this point where like the stakes seem to get higher in some way, or maybe it's like, okay, let's try to push this further. See if this goes somewhere where it gets extremely unfun. Then it's yeah. just like someone's just these like you're like 11 and these grownups are like screaming at you. <clears throat> and that's when yeah. I was kind of like, eh, fuck this, you know, but it's not because of the sport itself. I love the sport. But that's it's- almost how I feel about stand up. Like I love stand up, but whenever I've gotten bitter or sad or angry, it's the industry. The industry makes this business unbearable and makes you feel like a loser. But like stand up, good, bad, the challenge of a joke, everything about the art form is fun. Everything about gymnastics is fun. Even when I fucked up and did a bad job, it was like a fun challenge. But like, like you said, when the coaches come in or the parents come in and they're making you feel like you're an idiot, you're like, what? This is, Uh, you told me this was fun. Yeah, I know. The entertainment (laughs) industry is the Russian coach of (laughs) stand-up. Yes. No, it's just it's it's like run by the least creative people ever. Much like yes. much like it's somebody sitting in a lawn chair screaming at you when you're doing track and field. Or it's right. like fuck you, homie. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, speaking speaking of fun challenge, tell us more yeah. about your uh, your Europe tour and your doc. Oh, so I'm I'm kind of like proud of myself because it was just like a silly idea. My my best friend from childhood. I've known her since I was ten years old. Um, she's a wedding videographer, and she also had a part time job. Um, as like a waitress bartender in this this place she was supposed to go to Germany like they, it was like a whole like trip with her work where they were to go to Germany so she got a passport and then she ended up leaving that job and she's like oh that was a waste and I just kind of clicked something in my head where I was just like well maybe she could come with me and like film something because she already filmed stuff for work and she has a passport like I don't know and I start and she, she um she went through a divorce so I was like well she doesn't have her kids every other week like I just my brain started to kind of spin about maybe I could do like a fun trip and I could pay for it with her like making something. And so I threw it at her thinking that she'd be like, oh, I can't do it. And she was like, yes, like, like no hesitation. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and it was a little bit harder of a tour because I had to do something that probably I would have done in like three weeks or longer in two weeks because, you know, she has kids. Because that's and... what fitted her schedule. Yeah, exactly. Like I was now working around her schedule. So, um, so yeah, so I basically, I showed her a couple of like, docs that were like an inspiration but basically said like what I was thinking but I didn't neither of us knew what it was going to be but I just wanted to show that like a what it's like to tour as a comic when you're not famous like I'm not an open micer but I'm not Chris Rock so what is this middle ground 
that we're in yeah. when you're a working comic, but you're unknown. But even well, more somebody so... somebody can get people out to a show and knows how to do it, but yeah, you're not touring yeah. with a tour manager and, uh, and, and I a do, bus. Exactly. I do it all myself. And then also what it's like to be a female comic, because I mean, I'm doing embroidery on the plane and my favorite thing is <laughs> to find, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm looking for like the best dessert place and like we went to a flea market and that was like the highlight of the show or of the tour and in Greece all we did was take pictures of stray cats like there is <laughs> how I tour I've always known how I tour is different from how my male counterparts tour like I love street art I love local art I love flea markets I love thrift shops like I'm basically I have so much fun by myself just doing the dorky things that I like to do and because I put it in the stories of Instagram, I've started to have fans that would go, you know, I came for the comedy, but I stay for the cat pictures. Or I love that you show all your street art. Or I got to know Houston through you because you took us along with them. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just show what I like doing on the road. And just also how hard and weird it is when you're in Europe doing this, hoping that people show up as opposed to knowing people are going to show up. That's really cool. We will put a link to that so that our listeners can find it. So it's it's a mini doc. It's called Jet Lagged. The first episode's out. The second one is coming out tonight. I don't know when this comes out, but it's um, by the end of May, all four of them will be out. And um, I think I might lose my fan base because of it. Like, I think I think <laughs> it'll do the opposite effect of what I hoped it would do. <laughs> How many cities did you hit in the total documented part of the tour? I think eight. I'm pretty sure it's eight. Cool. What were the highlights? Um, best audience was Dublin. Um uh, which is surprising because I did a festival a couple of years ago and it was not fun. Um, and then uh, all the stray cats and we had like, I did a show in Athens um, and then we were, we had a little bit of a break in Athens. So we were in Athens for two and a half days and all the stray cats, like everybody at the Acropolis is taking pictures of old buildings and I'm on the ground going to like stray cats and stuff. And then, um, uh, we got a ticket in Paris that's like going to come out like we got uh, for stupid reasons. And now I have a joke about it. So the cool th- through line is we get this $60 ticket that we didn't deserve. And my friend has footage of me arguing with the guy and then me ranting about it because I am my father where it's just like I did the right thing. And then every city I tell this story as I try to turn it into a joke. And it's now one of my favorite jokes, but it shows it like the building of it. And it became like how you show the process of writing something. So something happened on the second day of our tour and then it ended up, um, uh, you know, being something that I added. By the end of it, it was in the act. Yeah, now it's a bit. So bad things happen and sometimes you're funny about it. I think Um, 60 bucks, like 60 bucks for a bit is not bad. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I don't mean if you were paying someone else. Like, I don't mean like someone writing for you. or I I just mean like the, the inspiration... Like I've I've been in like a you know five year abusive relationship before you know it's like sixty bucks yeah. it's dope <laughs> yeah 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 you're like I have psychological damage and right. my therapist and I only bought got a house two minutes out of it <laughs> I, I've told this story on this on this show a while back but I was once very bored in Newcastle and every day I walked past this place on the way to the gig that did colonic irrigation and I thought well I'll get material out of this for sure nope <laughs> not one no material not came out of your colon. <laughs> not e- no, no material came out of me and no material came out of okay. me i got not, not even a one-liner or a one beaker or whatever you want to call it the only thing i got out of it is a story about getting nothing out of it right, right. Yeah. 
Sorry to hear And just an loss. incredibly unpleasant. It was just like an incredibly unpleasant half hour. Oh no, it's yeah. awful. Of, I've had it done of before. Something that has no scientific grounding either. Yes. <laughs> is that really? There's nothing useful but occasionally just uh, clearing I, out. I think if you if you were like if you have like a sort of impacted colon oh, okay. or something like yeah. that, if you have like a. But it's like it's like detox diets where you're like, no, your body detoxes yeah, that's constantly itself. It's just yeah. all the time. Yeah. It just it just does it. Um, and like any stuff you see coming out of you is like the stuff that you've just put in. <laughs> so the, I'm, the I'm maple a, syrup. Yeah, I'm a proud <laughs> I'm a proud bidet user. You know. Oh, same, uh, same. Yeah, proud bidet user. But I go full water pressure. Like it gets pretty nuts. <laughs> gets, it, like, gets it in there. I feel like it's getting in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not. We're not just scratching the surface here. We're doing some mining. And, and so I feel like it's like a semi-colonic. You know what I mean? Like where it's maybe, maybe no, a... An, am, an amateur's colonic. Something, yeah. Well, have, you, have you ever Googled to see if there could be a downside of that because of like, you know, gut flora? No, fauna, flora. I don't... I think... <laughs> I think not if you're not going that deep, but like with a full colonic, that that is actually an issue. You are like you know Losing washing out some, some of the good bacteria. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to try and squeeze in one like physics story before, and then maybe a bonus story for the Patreon patrons? Sure, sure, sure. I think if if we have time, I think it's because uh, you know we haven't done a physics story in a while. It's been a lot of animals and bulls. And by the way, we should remind our listeners that this Patreon exists. I guess maybe earlier in the episodes we should start doing that. If you want to hear some bonus content, if you go to probablyscience.com, you'll see links to our Patreon. And uh, for the low yep. price of five bucks a month, you get some bonus episodes and our undying. By the way, I was thinking about adding uh, when all the Twitter verified blue stuff was, was coming around. Uh, I, I was thinking about adding a tier, like an $8 uh, probably verified tier where it's all the same as the five dollar but we just make fun of you on the show oh, for spending sure. eight dollars um but yeah this story uh it's, it's a physics story that's sent in by andrew miller it's and it's linked from the actual jpl nasa.gov website cool so this is probably written correctly but these are nasa a nasa study helps explain limit breaking ultra luminous x-ray sources these objects are more than 100 times brighter than they should be. Uh, investigations, Observations by the agency's New Star X-ray telescope supports a possible solution to this puzzle. Exotic cosmic objects known as ultra-luminous X-ray sources produce around 10 million times more energy than the sun. They are so radiant, in fact, that they appear to surpass a physical boundary called the Eddington limit, which puts a cap on how bright an object can be based on its mass. Ultraluminous X-ray sources, ULXs for short, regularly exceed this limit by 100 to 500 times, leaving scientists puzzled. What? In a recent study... Um, oh, here comes... Uh, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, I had to mute for a while there. This is a little off-topic. In fact, it's completely off-topic, but my cat was loudly throwing up just outside the door. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? Is that a yeah. Kevin or Why Doug? don't you think of your guest? I would have yeah, loved that. that was, She's got tips. That was Doug. Well, I, I then opened the door because I wasn't sure if Holly was there and could see he was throwing up, and he took that as his cue to run in and actually throw up in the room. Okay. So that was good. And then he went under the bed, so now we're like, is he going to throw up under the bed while well, we can't get it? Anyway, it was a whole thing. Oh, man. Um, but he has emerged non in a non-vomitor state, and now he's... Good. Now he's burying the part of the floor where we have cleared up the mess, but he still needs to do some burying because that's what is his instinct. Burying? Like, uh, think he thinks he's moving dirt onto it? Kind yeah. Of? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Cats will like a, bury a... like part of, like my cat buries the hardwood floor all the time. And yeah. by, by and, uh... doing that scratches it up or not? 
Yeah, yeah. It's a, dude, your whole, everything you have will be ruined. It's, it's <laughs> the appeal of these animals. I don't get it. They're little bean toes. We've been through this. Yeah, it's worth it because they're little beanie little toesies. Okay, beanie toesies, yeah. But yeah, all your shit, it's over. It's just, it's over. You can't, I I had a leather couch. I mean, it's a, it's a nice couch. It's like the first like grown up furniture I've had. It's just, it's over. It's ruined. Ugh. You know? Yes, but it tells a story. It has a it story now. It tells a story now. Exactly. Am I the only person on this podcast without toxoplasmosis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just think about how much life your how much your life would be better if you had so many stories. Like my phone is fun and my stories are horrific. And I really like that balance. I could be like, look how cute it is. And then someone sees my arm and it's bleeding. And I'm just like, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I, tr- I had to try to get him in a bag. Uh, <laughs> a, so this this recent study published in the Astrophysical Journal uh, in, in which um, researchers report a first-of-its-kind measurement of a ULX taken with a NASA's Nuclear Spectroscopic Telescope Array, NUSTAR. The finding confirms that these light emitters are indeed as bright as they seem, and they break the Eddington limit. The hypothesis suggests this limit-breaking b- brightness is due to the ULX's strong magnetic fields, but scientists can test this idea only through observations, up to a billion of times more powerful than the strongest magnets ever made on Earth. Uh, ULX magnetic fields cannot be reproduced in a lab. Mm. So, particles of light, which are called photons, exert a small push on objects they encounter. If a cosmic object like a ULX emits enough light per square foot, the outward push of the photons can overwhelm the inward pull of the object's gravity. When this happens, an object has reached the Eddington limit, and the light from the object will theoretically push away any gas or other material falling towards it. What? Um, Okay, so it stops it from getting bigger because it's pushing out so much light... The, the actual it, it, I did wow yeah so because you, you know you can have like light sails um like photons do have momentum so you can they right, sort of have something. the equivalent of mass right or in the sense that energy yeah. is mass yeah yeah so you can you can actually in space where there's no friction because there's no air resistance you can actually have light sails where just the bouncing of the light off of these things will gradually accelerate something yeah uh but the so so it's apparently these objects if they're bright enough that actually overwhelms the pull from gravity so that switch when light overwhelms gravity is significant because material falling onto a ulx is the source of its brightness this is something scientists frequently observe in black holes when the strong gravity pulls in stray gas and dust those materials can heat up and radiate light scientists used to think ulx's must be black holes surrounded by bright coffers of gas but in 2014, New Star data revealed that a ULX by the name of M82X2 is actually a less massive object called a neutron star. Ah, uh, I was thinking of M82X1. Yeah. Damn it! Uh, this is I'm gonna be like, to go. I'm gonna be quiet for this whole time because I don't know what's happening. Um, I'm not smart <laughs> enough for this. I'm not smart enough for this section. <laughs> Remember when we talked about balls and animals? That was a hundred percent my mental capacity all right so little curveball here i was on the sly googling koala balls to see if they are are more cute and they are they're great they're great okay great you know um koala balls like are i think we could all agree those are beautiful balls and so the earlier study just applies to people i would think Mm -hmm. human balls sure 
It's the hairlessness, I think, yeah. Or wait, no, they're not hairless. And what am I saying? Oh. And the two thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> it's the hairlessness. Well, I, if you clicked on the link, the link they, the link they showed, the link they, I'm sorry, the, the pictures in the actual study were all pretty much hairless. I was like, are these all... No, it's pre- just funny to it's funny for? to act an, an an accidental reveal is funny. Like it's it's the anchor tattoo, right? It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> People. Don't... Um, so basically, uh, a neutron star, which again is what uh, comes from a collapsed star, uh, is so absurdly dense it packs more than the mass of our sun into an area not much bigger than a mid-sized city. That basically the entire mass in the entire mass of the sun in the space of say detroit and like a spoonful um, of of matter on that would weigh you know however many hundreds tons. of thousands of tons or something insane right, right. um so the it also creates a gravitational pull at the neutron star surface about 100 trillion times stronger than the gravitational pull on earth surface so gas and other materials dragged in accelerate to millions of miles an hour releasing tremendous energy when they hit the neutron star surface says uh, a marshmallow dropped on the surface of a neutron star would hit it with the energy of a thousand hydrogen bombs nice so that produces the high energy x-ray light that new star detects um and it's stealing about m m m82 x2 is stealing about nine billion trillion tons of material per year from a neighboring star or about a hundred one and a half times the mass of the earth uh so they could estimate how bright the it should be um and it confirmed that that exceeds the Eddington limit. So the yeah, Eddington limit is not a limit, so we shouldn't even talk about it anymore, right? Yeah, well, the previously considered limits. So this new study suggests that strong... You know they're just going to ban it in sport, though. You know it. they're going to. Yeah. Um, so they reckon these strong magnetic fields potentially distort the roughly spherical atoms into elongated stringy shapes, which would reduce the photon's ability to push atoms away ultimately increasing an object's maximum possible brightness that's wild so it it's basically making it's making atoms more aerodynamic if that's i mean aerodynamics the wrong word because it's light photons that are hitting it but basically like the difference between sort of having your hand out the window foot flat on and then sideways on when you're driving in a car it's sort of stretching these atoms into these elongated stringy shapes because of the absurd magnetic field which means that there is less of them for these photons to push on and bounce off, which means that the photons, which means that the star can be brighter while still gathering material. This article has so many things I've never heard mentioned before, or concepts I've never even had someone say are possible that I have no idea if we're being punked. Like I, yeah. I didn't. I, how deforming atoms is possible, and I haven't heard about it. And also, there's a star size you can get to where it's pushing out so hard, no more stuff can get in. Well, then how does it? How does a black hole happen? Then. Like, it, it, Ugh. These were my questions exactly. Yes. Thank you for voicing <laughs> for everybody. I'm just I think glad black we're both even bigger. Yeah. Right, but I'm saying they're saying a thing a thing can't. If this limit were a limit, then nothing can get bigger because that would require some matter coming in to make it have more mass. But like that matter is going to be pushed out by the photons. So how how does anything ever get bigger than that thing? Right? Am I missing some loophole? Sorry, say say that again. I thought this limit was saying no more matter can be added to this thing because there's so much force of the photons going out from it, knocking it back. Therefore, how does anything yes. end up more massive or, than uh, one of these they, things? Is it, is it more the, the rate at which it's being added rather than the actual total amount? So it can't be added any quicker because the quickness with which the material is coming in is the brightness. 
rather than the actual total amount. The quickness of the material coming in is the brightness? What? Yeah, like the, the, the faster material is being added, the brighter the thing is glowing. Or the and more so mass it has, therefore, the more it's, it's burning that. Yes. Or fusing that. Um, um, you're saying, so that, how does that not, how does that disprove what I'm asking? Or, anyway, sure okay, how. this stuff works somehow. <laughs> and so there's a limit we thought was a limit, but it's not a limit. But also atoms can get deformed and become little rice pellets that can not get knocked as, as hard as pho- <laughs> photons. This is the hard-hitting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You can see why we generally focus on animal bulls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gravitational pull of mine have elongated them. Yeah. They are no longer uh, getting knocked back by photons. That's hard. Um, Liz. Liz yes. Where, before we, we, we're going to do one extra uh, story for our Patreon patrons, but where can our listeners find you and your, and your documentary and everything you do? Okay, so you know these atoms? There's a, I'm just like, I start going into it. I'm like, all right, this might be over your head, but it's a type of website that makes atoms. They break apart. Um, everything is at Liz Mealy. I'm just dumb. Um, everything's at LizMealy.com. That's M-I-E-L-E. Uh, YouTube, all my specials are free on YouTube. This doc is free on YouTube. Um, I'm touring. Um, it's slowing down a little bit, but that it you know picks back up in August. Um, I have a book called Why Cats Are Assholes. I feel like your people would love that. Um, really half of you had that book. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote it during the pandemic. So it's a book called why cats are assholes. Um, yeah, every page number is a cat butthole. That's really the selling point. Not all the writing I did, (laughs) the graphics that every page number is a cat butthole. Um, (laughs) thank you. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. Thank you for your support, everybody. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is always fun until I'm, I find out I'm too dumb to be here. (laughs) No, that's not the case. That's definitely not true. Uh, and and lis- listeners, you can find us, as always, probablyscience.com, on Twitter, at probablyscience, individually, at Jesse Case, at Andy T. Wood, and at Matt Kirshen. And probablyscience at gmail.com is the, em- is the email address for any questions, comments, clarifications, and stories you would like to send in for us to cover. Liz, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, guys. Seriously, it was super fun. You were great. Listeners, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.